Hello all and welcome to episode 13. Today's topic is actually an interview which I was and still am excited about. Partly because I was finally able to connect with proper internet which allowed me to properly record an interview and the other part is because I'm just captivated with her story. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to ask all the questions I wanted to because, well, in traditional Renee style, a lot of them didn't come to mind till afterwards. However, I still very much enjoyed the interview and got to know a lot about Megan Maurer as I've only known her for a few months now. Megan has had to overcome a major obstacle this year and is still in that process and in my opinion, doing great. Her journey this year definitely has a body and mind connection. I won't go into detail about it now as I wanted it to come straight from her. I hope you enjoy this interview with Megan and find yourself as excited about where she is now in her journey as I am. Stay tuned for more episodes on helping you create a healthier, happier, stronger life for yourself and make sure you're doing at least one thing today that will get you one step closer to one of your goals. Have a great day. Welcome back to another episode of the Body and Mind Strong podcast, where we talk all things life, fitness, and health. My name is Renee. I'm your host and integrated health coach. The Body and Mind Strong podcast was established to help others create a healthier, happier, stronger self. For more information, please follow me on YouTube and Facebook at Body and Mind Strong. You can also find me at www.bodyandmindstrong.com. I hope you enjoy the following podcast. All right. Welcome, Megan. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. I actually had a really good workout today, but tomorrow is my run. So um, I'm supposed to be doing like a 10K, but I don't think I want to make it that far. I'll explain more later. (laughs) But thank you so much for being on and joining me. I really wanted you to just jump on and kind of tell your story because it's an amazing story. But before we go into that, I kind of want to let everyone know how we met. So just kind of give everyone's kind of background. Um, we actually met through Aravipa running group. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, didn't know much about it because it was actually my boyfriend who's actually in the room with us to pipe in if he's got any questions, but he's off to the side. Um, he's the one that I think you met first and then I jumped on and that's kind of how I met Megan and Aravipa running group is a local I think to the state, not just necessarily to Phoenix, right? But they do a lot of local runs. Is that right? Right, right. Okay. But they haven't been. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Wednesday nights, uh, we typically have a group run, but because of COVID, uh, they had to stop those. And so somebody, Justin Grady, uh, decided that he still wanted to do the social part. So he took it upon himself and uh, set up Zoom calls every Wednesday. And so it's been great to see everybody. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like Justin. He, um, yeah, he's got a German short herd pointer, which I used to have one. So my little heart goes right there with him. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of how we met. Um, so let's go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, what do you do? You know, give me a little bit of background on you. All right. So I'm originally from Wyoming. Um, I have, uh, Four degrees, actually. Um, nice. So I, I have uh, two bachelor's and a master's degree. Um, I'm a chemist by training and uh, worked in Wyoming for a couple of years and decided to have an adventure and went off to California for a few years. Um, 
Then I was transferred to North Carolina. Wow, big change. Was there for a few years, and they were going to send me back to California, and I said no, thank you, and decided <laughs> to go get my PhD. So I went to West Virginia University, and um, after I graduated, well, before I graduated, uh, got a job at Arizona State University and finished up and defended and everything and came out here and have been here ever since. Um, at Arizona State University, I am a research scientist. Hey, so what's, what's your PhD in? Analytical chemistry. Nice. Okay. So I'm working on my second master's right now and I'm in Dana. Uh, what is it? It's basically Dana analyzing data analysts. I thought it was really a statistics research course and it's not. Um, so I did a, a statistics research in my last master's and I did great at it. This data class is just like blowing my mind right now. <laughs> oh, so is it a lot of like bioinformatics? It's right now we're really learning, was it Tableau? Tableau? It's just basically taking the data, how to get it into um, like bar graphs and scatter plots and all this and how to analyze oh. it basically is where we're at on that one. And okay. my head is just like, like big time. <laughs> yeah. So different ways to visualize the data. Yes. Is what, so far we're just finished three, week three. We have four weeks left. So that's where we're at right now on that one. So interesting. Nice. Okay. So go back. What do you do at ASU? Uh, so right now I work in the math spec core, um, and I get to help other people do their research. Nice. And I absolutely love it because I get to work on all sorts of different things. Um, I get to work with the students, train them on our instruments. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Nice. All right. Interesting. All right. You mentioned something to me about you were an avid hiker and you hiked part of the AP trail, the Appalachian trail. Appalachian trail. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hiked for many, many years, uh, you know, starting when I was a Girl Scout. Yeah. Uh, and just absolutely loved being out in nature and running around doing that sort of thing. Um, and while I was in grad school, I decided, well, you know, I'm over here by the Appalachian Trail. Um, and somebody had told me, yeah, Maryland's totally doable on a weekend. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. On a weekend? So okay. That was my first backpacking trip. And um, I, I went by myself. And... Um, Everyone's like, oh my God, make sure you text me. You're going to be, oh, oh, I'm so worried about you. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> and I was. So. so was it one overnighter or two, two nights? It was uh, four days and three nights. Okay, nice. How many miles? It was 42, I think. 42 miles. Nice. Wow. So, so what was that like? Um, it was a lot of fun, um, you know, just meeting all sorts of people. Um, yeah, I did it over Labor Day weekend. So there were a lot of people out. Okay. So, you know, day hikers and then 
uh, weekend backpackers and met a couple through hikers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun and um, got to walk through some of the uh, uh, battlegrounds for the Civil War. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the names of them offhand, but um, there were plaques and stuff that you could read and you know just learn about the history of the area, which was really cool. Coming from the West, yeah, being able to go out and experience that history. Was it humid? Was it hot? Oh, yeah. What was the weather like? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the weekend that I went, there was a remnant of a hurricane that was off the coast. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it's humid back east anyway. <laughs> I think it was worse. Um, but at least, you know, out there on the Appalachian Trail, you're in what they call the green tunnel. It's, you know, just foliage all over. Okay. And so it's, you know, pretty shady. So at least you don't have the sun and the humidity. Nice. Yeah, I used to, I did some backpacking in Arizona, mostly just overnighters because there's not a lot of water. Um, So you always have to carry your own water. And then I moved up to Washington and I tried to do a, we did part of the Pacific Crest Trail. We tried to do two nights and we're coming down and it was starting to get a little bit humid, but we happened to do the section where there was a bunch of like ponds and lakes and the mosquitoes were so horrible. It was like, we were, it was nuts. And um, day two, we're like, no, we're just going to hoof it out of this. And we just like power walked it out, ran out of mosquito spray. I'm spraying the dog at the same time. It's mosquitoes <laughs> off of her. But then as soon as I spray her, she's in the water because it's a lab, right? So <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, I still haven't done anything more than just one night overnight so far. Um, Dave and I want to do some and. Arizona, but we can't really take, we have a, a new dog that oh. drinks a lot of water, but it's like, how do we carry all the water? There's not enough water sources here, like compared to, yeah. So I don't know. So I'm not sure if we're going to do that or not. We'll see. Yeah. I would like to do the Arizona trail, but like you, I worry about the water and being able to make it to the next water source. Yeah. Cause it's, like Washington, you take, you kind of take it for granted. I don't think you really think about it. You're just so used to, you know, you're going to run into water here. You have to be like really st- strategic with that. Right. Yeah. So, but that's awesome. I did, I always backpacked with somebody, but I was like, okay, I need to prove to myself I can do this by myself because <laughs> I tend to watch a lot of horror movies. So I tend <laughs> to freak myself out at night, especially in the woods. <laughs> very easily so I did part of where did I go it was off of east it was just east of Seattle I think in that area no where did I go I I don't remember where I went somewhere in Washington um so I took the dog with me we went and find this little cove it was nice she was playing in the water the fog was starting to roll in like a horror movie right so the fog's rolling in i'm like okay this is starting to get freaky and then these two guys come up and i'm like okay where's my knife i'm all getting ready to fight right <laughs> and then they go camp i'm like okay i'm good and then i'm like trying to get her out of the water i'm like getting ready for bed we're gonna get into the tent it's a one-man tent and this lab is like 70 pounds right so we both get in the tent <laughs> 
And then I wake up a couple of times throughout the night hearing noises. And my first thought is like bears, right? Because, you know, Washington has both, they have what, black and, or brown and, yeah, they have brown and both brown and black. So the first, every time I heard a noise, the first thing I do would look at the dog. If she didn't stir, I'm like, okay, we're good. We're good. Yeah. And I go back to sleep. <laughs> So I used her as my alarm system. I was like, okay, I'm good. I don't think I, I don't know if I could have done that without a dog. That's crazy. I love how you did it though. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I knew there was going to be a lot of people around. So yeah. even though I was alone or, you know, by myself hiking, I wasn't going to be alone. Yeah. So, so nice. So, sorry, I have my boyfriend's in that room kind of listening in, and so he's got some questions. He pipes in once in a while, so that's why if you hear me, he wanted. So, yeah, so Dave is here. Um, all right, so back to you. When did you start running? Because I know that's been a current thing, because I didn't mention earlier, so when we met, then um, I got connected with Megan on Strava. So I've been kind of watching what she's done and how she's progressed. I'm getting ex I get excited when I see your stuff roll by, because I'm like, oh, look what she did. <laughs> okay, so when did you start running? Um, you know, kind of, I started running for fitness probably 10 years ago or more, um, you know, just you know, go to the gym, do my weightlifting, and then run on the treadmill for like 20 minutes, half hour, okay. whatever. Yeah. Um, did a couple 5Ks, but I wasn't, I don't think I really ran, ran until oh, probably just before I moved out here. Um, was when I kind of got into trail running. Um, so in preparation to do my Appalachian Trail trip, I was watching videos on YouTube and uh, the Run Steep Get High videos yes. uh, came into my feed. And, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Run Steep Get High is uh, Jamil Curry's uh, kind of outdoor brand. And uh, he is the owner of Air Viper Running. And Air Vipa, for you guys to also know, Air Vipa does a bunch, they're up to, I think, 50 some races a year. Well, before COVID, but they run a bunch of races here in the U.S. and Arizona. And I think they're starting to progress to Colorado, I want to say. I think that yeah. he's huge here in Arizona. Yeah. And they do a lot of virtual races now. And I imagine after COVID, they will continue doing that. So yeah. there is an opportunity to participate yes um, and, and they're a great company they put on great events yes so if you get yeah. an opportunity to check them out yes it was crazy dave did the javelina was it not oh. last year or the year before 2018 that was crazy if you guys yeah. have never heard of the javelina and you guys like to do long distances you need to check out the javelina race that is just it was completely crazy and fun but anyways yeah Nice. So you have, what are some of your running goals you have? Um, so I want to run a 50K. Yes. Uh, and nice. the goal was to do it this December, but then I got sick and COVID and all that. Um, so that has tentatively been pushed to next year. Um you know, well, next year or early 2022. 
those. Well, let me know if you need crew. I will totally help you with that one. Um, my running has kind of gotten downhill, so I wouldn't be the greatest pacer, but I can definitely crew. I'm getting really good at crewing. So if you need crew, you definitely let me know because that's completely on it. awesome. I did my first 50K last year and it was it was it was amazing, but tiring at the same time. It was weird. It was yeah. I checked it off my list. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those things. It's like I just want to do it just to say I've done it. And then, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see how I feel when I'm done. Yes. <laughs> I mean, kind of the joke is you finish it and then you're like, I am never doing that again. And then a few days later, you're like, what's the next 50K coming up? <laughs> Yes. So a little quick side story. I said those exact words after my first half marathon and I ended up training for a marathon and running one like four months later. <laughs> so yes, that does say happen a lot. Okay. But let's go back. You mentioned you, you were sick. So that was the main reason I'd like to have you on because I think this is an amazing story of what you've gone through and how you're overcoming everything. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, Thinking back, uh, there were definitely little clues many years ago uh, as to the fact that I had a brain tumor. Um, so I had a boss oh, about seven, eight years ago make the comment, oh, your handwriting's kind of gone downhill. And I thought, well, I'm typing more. So yeah, of course it's gone downhill. Um, and then like when I was in grad school, um, I had terrible anxiety. Um, and you know, I yeah. just chalked it up to the stress. Yeah. Um, uh, I also started talking in my sleep. Um, and then like I would yell myself awake from time to time. And again, I just chalk it up to stress. Um, and then about a year ago, um, I was having some double vision. And at first I could blink it away. And, you know, I looked at, you know, what are some causes of double vision? And one of the causes was dry eye. And I thought, well, okay, I'm outside running a lot. It's still pretty hot. Uh, my allergies are kind of acting up like, you know, dry eye is, a real possibility here. So I made an appointment with my eye doctor. I needed to get my eyes checked anyway. And you know, he looked at my eyes and like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with your eyes. Um, you're getting to that age where bifocals and reading glasses are in your near future. And oh, okay. you know, so it, it was just kind of making sense. Um, I bought some readers and you know that helped for a while um and then a couple months later i had pink eye from my allergies and um, my primary care doctor prescribed uh, antifungal antibacterial of course that didn't do anything uh, got into an ophthalmologist and she prescribed me uh, a steroid mm -hmm. And the first two days were fine. The pink eye was starting to clear up. And then the third day, I had double vision that would not go away. Oh, wow. And of course, this is the Sunday before Christmas. 
Of course, out. So, okay. Like I'm not getting into the doctor anytime soon, and it's it's not enough of an, of an emergency that you know I'm gonna go in. Yeah. So um, finally got in to see the doctor again, and um, she looked at my eyes and goes, "Well, yeah, they're not tracking together. Uh, let me refer you to a specialist." Um, you know, the, the best doctors to deal with uh, strabismus, which is mm-hmm. the, the medical term for them not tracking together, um, they're pediatric doctors because they deal with it all the time. Okay. Interesting. And okay. So she referred me to him. This was in January, and I couldn't get in until May. Oh, wow. And there was just no way. I was going to wait until May. Yeah. Um, I fortunately have a uh, childhood friend who's an ophthalmologist in uh, Chandler. And so I I sent her practice an email and I got in like a couple days later and she looked at my eyes and she goes, well, I think you have an autoimmune. Okay. Uh, so she referred me to another uh, specialty ophthalmologist who uh, likes dealing in complicated cases. <laughs> oh, wow. So okay. He, uh, uh, it was so funny. I, I went to his office and he did some tests and then he'd go and consult with his partner, come back some more and, and do some more tests with me. Like, you know, look up, look down, look over here, and all that go consult, come back. <laughs> this went on a couple times. And then it's finally like, yeah, I think you do have an autoimmune. I'm going to refer you to a neurologist. Okay. Uh, so I got into the neurologist uh, like within a week. And uh, he went through both of the same battery tests and like, yeah, I, I agree with him. This does look like an autoimmune. Uh, let's get some other tests done just to be sure. Um, so some of them were blood tests uh, that yeah. can only be done at Mayo uh, because they have the special equipment to do it. Okay. Um, wow. And then uh, another one was an MRI just to make sure nothing was going on. February 27th, I go in to get my MRI and, you know, no big deal, chatting with the, the tech and like, oh, yeah, now I know what NMR samples feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, and after I got done, he's like, okay, uh, why don't you get dressed and uh, go wait out in the lobby and we'll get you your CD of your results. Okay. So I'm waiting and I get a call from the neurologist office. You have a brain tumor. Go directly to the hospital. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Oh, wow. I was just like, what? Um, I, I have to go to work. Like, like, can we do this Tuesday? (laughs) 
it's real. I mean, yeah. it would be hard to process. Be like, what are you talking about? I feel what? I don't under, you know. Yeah. So what was it like? Be, 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 I mean, did, how long did it take before it really kind of sunk in that you had a brain tumor? Honestly, it wasn't until I was at the hospital and four hours later when I saw the MRI image. Yeah. And um, what it was, it was a, a tumor uh, the, the size of the key lime, or, you know, uh, yeah. a smallish egg. Basically. That's huge, though. In the, you only yeah. got so much space. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> right on top of my brain stem. And um, it was uh, blocking the fluid, uh, the cerebral fluid, uh, from draining from my head. So I had a bunch of fluid build up in my head. And uh, the neurologist on call, she had seen these images before I did, and she was surprised. She's like, is this person conscious? <laughs> so, like, I'm walking in, I'm joking with her, and, you know, she's just like, she showed me the image, and that was just like, holy shit. <laughs> no kidding. Like, shit. Okay, let's get this thing out of me. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was, okay, so February 27th. Okay, so February 27th of this year. Yeah. So you've been kind of having some symptoms for like seven years that thinking back, you're like, well, that makes sense now, right? So it's been about oh, seven yeah. years that after thinking back, like, you know, hindsight. Yeah. Um, so you finally get figured out on February 27th. When is When did you have surgery? Um, so the next day I went in and I had a shunt placed to drain the fluid from my head. So I've okay. got this metal thing that <laughs> goes through my brain and uh, it, there's a tube that goes back down and then uh, drains into my stomach or belly, abdomen um, okay. of the fluid. So I don't have buildup uh, in my head. Um, and then, um, so I had that and then a couple days later went home uh while they planned the removal surgery and mm -hmm. met with my surgeons in between and then uh, this is all when covid is really starting to become a thing yes very concerned um and they actually ended up delaying my surgery a week uh because um, they wanted the hospital administration wanted to make sure that the doctors were going to be safe. Yeah, and they were going to have a um, where like these suits uh, that they basically had their own. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but air is pumped into it and it's cleaned, um, and it it's like a little pack that you wear on your waist that does yeah. it like it's not the full I think I've seen something um, like that in a movie is it outbreak okay yeah it's not like the full um biosafety level for uh, okay. containment suits that you yeah have to be. okay but it's, it's kind of like that 
Um, and the surgeons were just like, you know, let, let's figure out something else here. So I ended up having to get a COVID test and all that. Yeah. It's fine. Um, and uh, finally went in, had the surgery done. Um, well, the first surgery they did uh, an embolization where so they went in and they cut off the blood supply to the tumor. Um, then the next day uh, they went in and they went through my nose. <laughs> oh, surgery. okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. I'm thinking like a big back behind your head, up along the side. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. um, they couldn't get all of it that way. So okay. uh, they got me out of surgery and then I sat in the hospital for a week. They were going to send me home, uh, but my doctor and I were both like, I don't want to get exposed to anything and, you know, COVID. And yeah. so they were just like, you know, let's sit in the hospital. And basically I sat in my room and a couple times a day I'd go walk the hall. Otherwise it was in my room and I was okay with that. Okay. And then uh, the following week, um, they went in behind my ear. So the first day they uh, made the approach. And then the second day they went in and uh, uh, got most of the rest of it. There is a little tiny piece uh, that was kind of around a nerve that they couldn't safely get. Um, so they left it. and. Uh, the plan is to monitor it, and if necessary, they will uh, get it with radiation. Okay. Oh, and, and for those people who are curious, they uh, did the pathology on the tumor. It's a grade one meningioma. So okay. these are very slow-growing tumors. They're benign, um, and you know, based on the size, it had probably been growing for. 20 years oh wow okay yeah because so, i was curious yeah. okay all right so you know definitely something that didn't happen overnight okay but um you know the the brain just slowly adapts until it can't adapt anymore oh wow how amazing so yes and this is why I mentioned earlier how just I love watching what you're doing on Strava because you had what two surgeries? Was it two? Um, or so, three? so I had uh, one for the shunt placement and then four for the tumor removal. Okay. And then wow. I was in rehab. And while I was in rehab, uh, my shunt had gotten clogged and I developed an infection. So Ooh. then they had to pull out the shunt and put in a external draining one so i had a tube coming out of the back of my head for 10 days or so yeah and then uh, then they put the internal draining one back in once i had cleared the infection and uh then after th they were going to send me back to rehab and i was just like i want to go home yeah so i was at my brother's for three weeks uh going through uh, outpatient rehab and um, yeah. 
people coming to the house and working with me and stuff. And, you know, that was fine. And then after three weeks, I'm like, I want to go home. Yes. <laughs> I want to go be at my house. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I had kind of, I had to convince myself that I could. And so I would help make meals. <laughs> so like the biggest thing was like working with sharp knives, like, uh, you know, making sure I'm not going to cut myself. And Okay. Oh, oh, so, yeah. Ahead. So that's kind of my question. So when you came out of surgery, where, what were you unable, what did you have to relearn to do? Um, so um, as a result of, uh, the last surgery uh, to remove it, they aggravated some of my cranial nerves. And so my right eye is turned in mm -hmm. and then I have numbness on this side of my face. Um, the first few days after surgery, I was on a liquid diet um, because I couldn't feel a lot of my mouth and I had to get things in my mouth just right. Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable enough to swallow. And so, yeah, like getting liquid down. Um, and they did a, a barium test on me. So I had to swallow this really chalky stuff. And then they did, uh, I think it's an x-ray. Uh, so they can visualize how everything's working. And, um, you know, everything from here down worked fine. It was just feeling in the mouth okay that was causing the problem so you know they worked with me um and i got some more feeling back and um <laughs> the, the speech pathologist she brought in pudding one day she goes let's try it <laughs> pudding. what so, flavor chocolate oh nice okay and so that was the best feeling ever to be able to swallow even though it was you know mush you know yeah. actually swallow something yes um and then a few days later i got a little more sensation and then we tried um i think it was crackers like just you know got a lot of saliva going yeah and you know kind of made them mushy and got them down and so then I graduated to mushy food. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it, it's, I still have numbness over there. Um, I don't chew over there very much uh, just because I still don't have a lot of feeling, but compared to a month ago, I have a lot more feeling. So. Nice. Well, good. Wow. Okay, so yeah, so now you guys under, kind of understand why I get so many, because you've started running again, right? You've started slowly, you know, we've kind of watched your progress go along where you were able to do what, you started off with like a quarter mile and you've been increasing yeah. it, and you just recently did what, three, four miles, if I saw that correct? Uh, Saturday, I did four miles. Nice. I didn't, didn't run the whole time, uh, but I ran the majority of it, so I can deal with that. Yes. It's just exciting. It's exciting to be back from the outside looking in and just seeing the progress you're making. I think it's just really cool. I'm just, I get excited for you. I'm like, sweet, look what you did. <laughs> well, it was so funny because I talked to one of my surgeons uh, back in August and 
it, I knew the appointment was coming up and I was like, okay, the night before this, I'm going to walk three miles. And, you know, he asked me, so how you, how you doing? How you getting around? I'm like, I walked three miles last night. Like, what? <laughs> With or without a walker? Without. <laughs> He's just like, yes. Nice. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was a lady I read about uh, in Colorado. She also had a meningioma. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the article was in Runner's World. Uh, anyway, uh, after 11 months after she got hers removed, she was running a marathon. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I'm just like, yep. Okay. All right. It's going to happen. <laughs> yes, we got some goals coming up. Nice. Again, yes. So if you do need a crew for 50K, I am all there for you. That would be awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Okay. Um, that's great. Anything else you, you know, want to kind of chime in on? Or anything else you want to bring up, basically? Um, oh. Do you have uh, a race, 5K, 10K, or anything idea that I, you would like to do coming up? Um, I'm not signed up for anything yet because I need to get my race credits built back up. Okay. Uh, but I am volunteering at Havelina this weekend. Uh, Ooh, Dave so will be there too. So if you're there on Sunday, stop by the main aid and say hi. All right. Nice. All right. So awesome. Yeah, Dave is actually going to be um you sweeping. Oh so cool. he's gonna be sweeping. So he'll be there early Sunday morning. I haven't decided yeah. if I was gonna come down or not because I got the dog, but we'll see. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much. I think that's just it's just amazing. I know we spoke a lot about kind of your background stuff you've done, but that's the big reason I wanted you on was just the fact that you went through this tumor surgery, all these yeah. surgeries this year, and you're back on your feet and you're just pushing and you're trying to, you know, getting your your health back um, and just yeah. trying to get out there and, and achieve those goals again and starting over. And I wouldn't say starting over, but you kind of you kind of work, you kind of are, and I think it's just cool to see the progress again. Yeah. So. You know, and I would like to say that, you know, even though there is a lot of positivity and, you know, pushing myself, you know, there are those moments where it's like the why me, you know, yeah. why can't I do the things that I used to? And, you know, it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to feel those emotions, just not all the time. Yeah. And, you know, just be able to have something to pull you out when you feel that way, whatever it is, you know, whether it's talking with people or going out and going for a walk or, or playing music and dancing around and just being silly, whatever it is for you. Yeah. And I can't imagine you're going through this through COVID where everyone is supposed to stay apart <laughs> from each other. And, you know, that support, you know, how was your support system? Were you still able to feel that support or that you needed? Yeah. I mean, we live in this wonderful technological age where you know i can chat with you on a screen and, and see you even though yes. i'm not there um you know phones are great too email works and you know good old-fashioned snail mail so yes 
you know, probably the highlight was uh, getting um, fun cards like this from my cousin. It, it was really pop out flowers, and I keep oh, it that's on cool. the because it is just the coolest card ever. Yes, that is cool looking. I like that. But you definitely make a good point about, you know, when I, after we moved, we went from Washington to Colorado before we came down here. And we went from 300 feet to like six to 8,000 feet elevation. And I was struggling so much with my running and I put on some weight. And so of course I wasn't as fast. And then with the elevation and I, I know it's nothing major that I went through, but I was struggling with the same thing. Like, why can't I do what I used to be able to do? And it's, it, it can get frustrating. And I just had to remind myself is, you know, sometimes it's, it's not always about what you used to do or what you want to do, but what you can do in the moment. Right. And just focusing on the positive of what you can do in the moment. And, you know, life, one thing I've learned as a therapist and working with people, life always changes. And I've learned that in life too. Nothing stays consistent. It, you know, you just kind of have to ride through it and it's going to change again. Yeah. So, so when you're feeling down, when you're feeling kind of give yourself that moment to, I don't know if it's mourn or just kind of feel down about kind of what's going on, but know it's going to change and reshift your focus. So nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I am so glad you joined me today. I've missed you. Every time we get on the group thing with Era Viper, I'm always looking for Megan. I was like, where's Megan? Where's Megan? <laughs> well, I'm glad this worked out. Yes. And I've been wanting to have coffee with you, but I'm like, okay, COVID's still going on. I know yeah. she's still healing. I'm like, can we meet? Maybe not. But then we moved up to flags. So we're not down here as much. Um, so, but I would love to, you know, if we can schedule meet up sometime in the future to have coffee sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. So I would love that. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks.